0: I'm thinking something like... Hello, I'm Fine it's Fine listeners. Welcome back. I'm Amber. And I'm Melanie. And this time we talk to comedian Ryan Rogers. He is out of Louisiana. <laughs> and he is amazing i'm so glad that we caught him while he was up here um full of energy a cool dude and i'm glad we got to talk to someone out of town it's always nice when we catch that always so um you're gonna love the episode as always enjoy it and make sure you're rating reviewing subscribing come on y'all i know you out there use those thumbs baby okay enjoy the episode you look really (laughs) cool
1: yeah <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, a lot of the cities that we're in uh, on tour, I have to, I have to remind like my my colleagues. I'm like, now remember, we're the cosmopolitan ones. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know this is Niceville, Florida, but we're the ones from the big city, so fucking look like it. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> Shape up. That's what this is all about. Do you always are, are, do you always dress nice?
1: I don't think it's... I, I wouldn't call it nice. I just would call it, like, I know I know what works for me and my body. And yeah. and I can't let go of skinny jeans no matter what Gen Z says. Like, right. fuck them. Like, they're attached to me. <laughs> Literally.
0: I was going to ask you, you're from Louisiana.
1: I'm born and raised in New Orleans, yeah.
0: Oh, shit. I have to
1: correct people, too. And they're like, Louisiana. I'm like, New Orleans? Um, don't assume that we're all
0: <laughs> swamp people. No. Nope. What is... um. Like, is there? I've never been to New Orleans. You have, have you? to come; you would love it. I okay.
2: Have you been? Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, I went for my birthday a few years ago. It was wonderful.
0: Is it? What is it? Is it like Party City? Like, what is it? Not the it,
2: store. It is, but it doesn't have to be. It's
1: yeah, what exactly. You make
2: out of it. It's just like here. There's so much more to do than be on Broadway.
1: Okay, yeah. but I ju- I just I assume that Nashville is that that's uh, the crazy yeah. thing, and I live in New Orleans, and yeah. I'm like Nashville is bachelor party like capital, right? Like, and everyone thinks we're bachelor party, but you know what I'm saying? Mm, yes. Where it's like <laughs> that's the stigma, but it's I mean what yeah. you said is absolutely correct. Yeah. Like, that's I've funny. lived there my whole life, and Bourbon Street to me yeah. is like oh that's just Bourbon Street. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm.
0: That's why I mean. It, Thinking of you growing up in New Orleans is like thinking of someone growing up in like Pigeon Forge, I feel like.
1: Yeah, know? not wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I can't think of two more sexy things to tell people, like strangers, like, oh, I'm a comedian from New Orleans. And they're, they're double like, what?
0: <laughs> okay, so can you, we just met briefly, like not too long ago. We did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you just started comedy? About
1: a year and a half ago.
0: Can you talk, uh, and you're already like popping
1: I'm popping. You're (laughs) popping. No, I work really hard at it. That's why. Like I, um, without we can get into it, but without getting into it, um, I got sober and then started doing comedy immediately. So I've. I have the same <laughs> amount of clean time as I do comedy time. It's like wow. I got sober, quit my uh, like fancy six-figure tech job. I was working at Google in San Francisco in, wow. at, in Mountain View at the Googleplex. And then I went over to Pandora. I was a creative director at Pandora running like a whole division of the audio ad department. And then Chegg, which is like a textbook rental company that's based out of the Bay as well. And I was a manager there. But the whole time I had a raging coke addict like habit Mm -hmm. and then i moved to new orleans when pandemic hit had to get clean and once i did i was like the light bulb went off and i was like i fucking hate this career Mm, so much it's so soul sucking it's advertising it's manipulative so i'd rather be manipulative with people in a room that i can control now you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) instead of the masses but yeah so that's how comedy happened where i was like well what do i want to do and so I've been able to focus all that energy into just like yeah. bookings and getting better and having yeah. fun and meeting people and stuff. And so it's just working.
0: Wow. That I is know. very
1: impressive. Thank you very much. Yeah.
0: So you had comedy in the back of your mind
1: always? Yeah, kinda. I'm I well, I'm a i am left this part out that what I did for all of those companies is I'm a writer. I've been a writer for in I've been I started out as like a copywriter and then just worked my way up into like creative direction. So like running ad campaigns, like name a company I've worked with them like Disney. I worked for Mm -hmm. NASA for three years. Like I did. mm -hmm. But like doing like ads for them and like working on like going to Cape Canaveral to shoot rocket launches and Mm -hmm. like new exhibits that open at Kennedy Space Center. That was like my main client for a long time. And then it's a lot. Um, But the writing part of it was always there. Mm-hmm. so even in college I wrote the university sex column <laughs> at my university for years
3: that's awesome
1: yeah thank you and then I started a blog kind of based on that called ex-boyfriend material and it's still online right now I don't keep up with it but um that's where I got to like take all of my sex essays and all my shit about relationships <laughs> and guys I was dating and breakups and stuff and I got to write like really really thoughtful essays there and then a lot of them got published like with in yeah. literary journals and gay magazines and buzzfeed and hello giggles would like pick up my writing <laughs> and stuff so comedy was like i i'm a storyteller i used to do the moth like back oh, in the day yeah. and i won like the grand slam and story slams and stuff so are you
0: like 87 years old i'm, I'm 34 <laughs> you've lived so much
1: i haven't even talked about like the sex stuff or like the, I know, the I know. real I know. drug <laughs> stuff but like uh yeah so comedy was just like This is where this has been heading all along. Like, Uh, this is it. You know what I mean? Like, I was always like a funny kid and class clown and stuff. But like, I also like attention. Yeah. You know, yes. who doesn't?
0: I It's the best.
1: It's We were talking in the car, like, we're on tour right now. That's what we're doing in Nashville. Yeah. And me and my friends uh, are brilliant comics. And we were just talking so much about, like, comics having humility and, like, you shouldn't ask to be booked and shit. And I was like, fuck that. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. I can't believe that that's been the mindset since the 50s <laughs> of, like, I'm going to work in a dive bar for 12 years until I get discovered. And I'm like, that doesn't <laughs> fucking work that way anymore. Also, I want to make money now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I have to support my husband and my family and stuff today. Yeah. What the fuck are we doing here? Yeah. Ask them. Bug them. Annoy them. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I know it's such a controversial take, but that's my point. I'm like, what humility? Humility. What humility. We're clowns. Like, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) This is clownery. uh, Let's not pretend that we don't like the spotlight. We're literally working in it. What is wrong with you? I
0: love that. That's what I loved about you from the moment I met you. And you. you were just like, oh, yeah, I started a year ago. And I'm like, and you're already doing all this, like, boss shit. And sharing your knowledge with me and, like, whoever asked. Like, you're a really cool person
1: thank you and i just for the record i loved you from the second i met you (gasps) and i have been i follow everything you do did you just do fortune yes oh my god i was so impressed like i'm so and the way i was i was describing you this morning to the other two comics when i said we were coming here like when we when we were preparing to come here this morning where i was like you're my favorite comic in nashville i'm not i'm not shy about that
0: (laughs) what if i moved to new orleans
1: well i'm the one (laughs) so (laughs)
0: You're like, ooh, a If you move to New
1: Orleans, you'll, you'll, f- it, why would you leave Nashville?
0: I know. Okay. I just want to be the best everywhere. We're so do I. Right here.
1: Yeah, have you noticed? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think you'd love it. And I, it's great. And our scene, the thing I like most about it is, I can't say this about, I travel a lot for comedy, and we are very, very diversity forward. Very black, very gay, very female. It's amazing. Yeah. The white, straight guys are the minority. And it's yes. wonderful. Oh. It's great. Oh. It really, you still got them that's but
0: I they're still out there yeah i'm like
1: you gotta be funnier than the black girls good luck you know what i mean I, you, you gotta hang good luck yeah good luck like you, i don't know
0: can we talk about how you got sober and then went into comedy which yeah. i feel like especially starting out you're in the open mics with all the alcohol and yeah. like what was that experience like
1: um to be completely honest like i go to na i'm, I'm in narcotics anonymous that's how i got clean um and I'm in an all-black NA group in Central City in New Orleans. And I'm, like, the only white guy. And before I started, like, doing mics and stuff, I had a couple months of, like, NA meetings and shit, which, plot twist, it's the same format as an open mic.
3: <laughs>
1: I'm not kidding. It is. Wow. You know what I mean? It's like you get four minutes and a light and one Shut minute. Shut up. You get a light? I really. You get a bell. so you, <gasps> oh. I mean? you know what I mean? Like, format-wise. So when I started doing mics, I had to really – like I treat comedy every night. Cause I do this seven nights a week. I oh, rarely damn. take off and it's, and when I do, I'm like, it's forced husband time or it's forced family time. So mm-hmm. when I go, I'm in bars every night, but I'm there to work. And once I'm done, I jet, I'm mm-hmm. notorious for like, thank you. Please Venmo me. Goodbye.
0: I fucking love you. are like, please Venmo me.
1: Yeah. You know that. what I mean? You're the <laughs> best. <No>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is very, okay. That's very impressive. I wanted like, you're like, I do this seven nights a week and it's forced time. You, you have to force yourself to take time off.
1: 100%. That's what, that's, that's my addict to shit. You right. know what I mean? That is my addict brain being like, um, I, ha- I, if I'm not doing this, I'm missing out or I'm not mm-hmm. getting better if I'm not doing a mic tonight, or if I don't have a calendar that's completely booked with paid shows until like April right now, I'm like, something is wrong. Mm. yeah I know but that's addict shit like that's me Mm. having to like I always have to recalibrate that because it's I mean it's substituting especially this early into my recovery like I picked up comedy and vaping and I'm not (laughs) kidding this is the worst addiction I've ever had Uh. but it has to go somewhere and I'm like well at least this one is like fulfilling me in many ways and making my life better
0: yeah yeah a thousand percent how do you like uh balance that are you or are you just fine with being like this is fulfilling me in a way that is not killing me.
1: Not yet. Not killing me yet. Um, Yeah, I think that's there. I mean, the balance is tough right now also because my husband is my manager Mm -hmm. and we co-produce shows together. So now we're more enmeshed. So there's a lot of stuff about redrawing boundaries like every day. And thank God we're both in therapy and we both sit in on each other's therapy sessions like every other session and stuff. So there's a lot of communication and a lot of like, this can't be a comedy conversation right now. You know what I mean? Like I'm speaking to you outside of this. So we're, Mm -hmm. I mean, we're still new into it. It is working for now, Mm -hmm. but we both know that it's probably not sustainable at this rate, but it's one of those things. It's like, what's that adage about making hay while the sun's out or whatever. That's Mm -hmm. what I'm doing. I'm doing this until the wheels fall off at the moment because I have the energy. I love what I'm doing. I'm getting better at it and it's working for us as a unit. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm going to do it until it's not sustainable. Yes. Yeah.
2: As long as you make hard decisions by choice.
1: <laughs> 100%. I completely, yeah. I completely understand.
2: Well, it's, it's a whole different intention behind the stuff you do. Like you're doing it with awareness that it's going to wear you out and has to change eventually, but doing it out of a, I need to fulfill and feel good about myself versus doing it. Cause it feels good What I'm doing it.
1: I yeah, that is something that I have to reckon with a lot, and yeah. it's weird to hear the straight wait, the straight male comics be like, the burnout's gonna happen, like telling me that to my face, like mm-hmm. you're gonna hit the wall, and I'm like, well, I'm gonna work really hard until I hit the wall, well, and what then we'll regroup. When you
2: hit the wall, what I was know. what's regroup?
1: Um, that's a really good question. I feel like that's that's already a scary question to me because I'm already mm-hmm. going to the place of like, what is time off? And like, well, I I am taking forced time off in June after the gay comedy festival that I'm doing in New Orleans. Like I'm working tirelessly until June 1st through 4th. That's the festival. And then after that, I think we're going to Europe for a couple weeks. Like we've already talked about that where I'm like, there's no comedy. We're not talking about comedy. But you're
0: you're not going to sneak off and do a mic. I'm going to do a mic. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: There's a there's a lot of stuff wrapped up in there. But like, to be completely honest with you, like. I should not be alive right now by all accounts mm-hmm. with my addiction like it was getting to an unsustainable very very scary dark place that mm-hmm. was only that you know you as an addict like you think you're going to take that shit to the grave and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. like I'm literally making jokes about the hard shit my mm-hmm. husband finding coke bags in the lint trap in the yeah. dryer and stuff like wow. I mean, they're funny now. We can joke about them now, and we have yeah. processed it, and we talk about those bits before I get on stage. Like, before yeah. I start workshopping them at open mics. Like, right. I'm like, can we do this yet? Yeah. And he's like, no. And I'm like, well, let me let me tell you my idea. And then he's <laughs> like,
0: like... it's really funny. It's really funny. And then
1: he'll be like, okay, you know? <laughs> but I couldn't do it without him. My point being, like, he is a support system, and um, even though we are enmeshed with a lot of our producing and shit, like, he is very aware of, like why don't we watch a movie tonight? And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, but we'll do it. And I, I, I've <laughs> never regretted that time though. The forced mm-hmm. family time and the forced marriage time and stuff. I'm like, I'm glad I did that.
2: Can I offer something to you? Please. I would think that you might enjoy that time if you reframed it instead of saying it was forced it was chosen time.
1: <sighs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> I believe that's much more healthy. Thank when, you. Well, mm-hmm. I,
2: it's just, you, it's such a pattern. You don't even realize like, That you Mm. keep saying forced, that's a belief you're like, you're just grounding in deeper. Fair that when you get there, you're like, well, this is this is forced versus I'm just curious of how different it might feel because you, like, you
0: are choosing it.
1: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He's not like tying you down. No, so. I mean, well, sometimes.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> I get the idea, like working for yourself. You have to plan more for your time off than you do for when you're working.
1: Oh, easy. And
2: so I get that that concept. This, this is something I'm talking about from experience. Yeah. Um, Just the intention with everything is important, especially what you do with your time, right?
1: You're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. I just, it's the going all in thing for me. Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't the, we're clearly, we're going to have two beers tonight. Drinker. It was the I'm zero or I'm the best one at it and will be the last one here.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: And I think that I've just applied that to comedy in a way that like works and is bookable and Mm -hmm. is like, Attractive to clubs and bookers and stuff, Mm -hmm. but like it is it's going to come at a price and I think the price is going to be like, what does this look like once I've gotten to a place that I do feel satisfaction Mm -hmm. or I get to the place that I'm like, well, what's next Hmm. because like even the day my album dropped that I worked my first album that Mm -hmm. came out like like last June we sat on the couch on Spotify waiting till 12 a.m. And as soon as it dropped, he was like my husband drew was like, how do you feel? And I was like, I can't wait for the next one.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean like, like that's i don't know it's so it sounds like i want to hear what you were going to say okay i just i want to say it's very it's such an interesting perspective you have of like oh yeah shit might get fucking wild but i'm just gonna ride that burning horse until we see what happens yeah. I, i've never like heard that because i'm going
1: for it i'm going for this like i want to be famous Uh, Fuck yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think comics have, like, we talked about humility. Like, I'm just like, why aren't we just admitting it? We're all here. Like, I want, and we talked about our end goals today. And I'm like, I would like to have my blog slash that's trademarked that is now a game show that launches March 24th. It's going to be a monthly game show called ex from material. And it's a dating storytelling <laughs> competition to see who has the worst one.
3: Let's and go. it's really great.
1: And we crown a victim at the end, but we do different rounds and stuff. <laughs> it's great. But I would like my IP to be developed into like a TV show, like sell the concept with like a screenplay to HBO or Hulu or whatever. Like that's where, and I'd like my onstage personality to complement while I'm making that, like I want it to fee. I have, I have the vision for it. And so that's where I'm going right now. So that's going to take work.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm
1: 34. I didn't start comedy when I was 19. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I I believe 100% that that's going to happen for you.
1: I'm working on it, you know? I got to I, I got to manifest it and like girl boss <laughs> gaslight it into existence, They're you
3: know?
1: <laughs> girl boss gatekeep gaslight. That's that's not my shit. That's okay. someone else's shit.
0: What were you going to say, Melanie? Do you remember?
2: Um I think it had to do with you saying always the next thing, like you're scared that you're already thinking about the next thing. And I was, you said you you came into comedy, like as a, like getting sober and this is where you like shifted the energy. Yeah. And then already kind of know, like doing the what's next, what's next, what the, when you're looking at an addiction and at least in in a therapeutic side, there's something you are, avoid your feeling or something you're numbing out. Um, you're, to me, addiction is a symptom of something deeper. And I'm just curious if you have gotten to that point in being able to use, even though you went straight into comedy, you've been able to use that as a way to process. And yeah. so have you, has that led you to be able to kind of get into that? What, what's the deeper? Does that make sense?
1: That's really, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it has to do with, um, body issues Mm -hmm. a lot of it has to do with body issues um and like when I saw the questions about trauma like Mm -hmm. that you guys sent over like that's where my head went for without even thinking I was like what's my earliest what's my earliest trauma and where does a lot of it come from and I think it is that and I think a lot of my shit does come from the way that I was that I saw myself as a kid me and my therapist do a lot of early childhood shit and like being a small gay red-haired curly curly red haired, mm-hmm. little boy with a lisp really hard to be taken yeah. seriously and really hard to see yourself as attractive yeah. or uh, or as anything beyond like i have to lean on crutches mm-hmm. i i have a handicap i have a few handicaps as a mm-hmm. queer person As like so being funny and taking up space was a way to do that yeah and being the le- and then You get old enough to drink and that is Mm -hmm. lubricant for being that kind of person. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then you find drugs. And then, so I think that I'm still working through, Mm -hmm. Uh, well, not even working through. I feel like I'm leaning into having a life of struggling to be taken seriously, Mm -hmm. even as a creative director at Pandora or working at Google and shit. Like I had to fight for my ideas way Mm -hmm. harder than everyone else because I look and act like this and I'm silly, Mm -hmm. but I'm like, no, I'm like a really, really strong creative. Yeah. And I think that me doing this now is helping to get there. I'm help. I'm yeah. I'm I'm chipping away at like, mm-hmm. no, you're actually leaning into being that person now. Mm-hmm. You're use. You are now weaponizing being silly and not to, not being taken seriously. Yeah. That's literally what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to take back a lot of that power, and it's happening over time. Where like, yeah. when I came in here, and you're like, you look cute, or you look mm-hmm. nice, or whatever. You're dressed well, like part of me now my brain goes to I know. Yeah. You know I what I mean you. where it's that was a lot. that is part of my shit.
2: Yeah. Oh my god. That's it's part of it. That's a good flip when that one happens.
0: Yes. Maybe I
2: want to say yeah. I like
0: you saying that and your energy around um that particular comment and just like comedy in general it fires me up. I feel like in, inspired and like it's Thank not you. like off-putting
1: at all it's like I'm, I'm like yeah like well we should all be feeling that way and like part of my whole thing of being a, a queer person who has to take up space and have energy on stage and be the bla- that's why i like you so much because i like comics who come in like a wrecking ball yeah. and yeah. disrupt the energy you know what i'm saying yeah. what else are we doing we're talking about we're talking about pegging again you know what i mean like <laughs> What? Do you have pegging jokes? I'm sure you do. No, but I would love to. Oh, I see. I I have it. I was <laughs> shitting on it in the car, and then I was like, "Watch me and now." I'm that's gonna kind have of a pegging
0: it. joke in itself. Yeah,
1: there you go. I know. <laughs> shitting on it. But my my point is like, you come in like a meteor in a lineup, and I'm just like, that's it. Yeah. That's why. Why else are people here?
0: Right. If mm-hmm. not to see
1: something like this, where you're fucking with people, mm-hmm. and you're liter- your kinetic energy. You're having
0: fun. You're being yeah. yourself. Yeah. Right.
1: And I want it, like. That comes from gay shit too, where I'm like, "You're gonna fucking la- like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, I don't know. Where were we?
0: We were everywhere and nowhere all of the same. yeah, good answer.
1: <laughs> yeah, good. Everything ever all at once. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Can I ask, like, um, what was kind of what it, what was the breaking point in the, um, like, what made you be like, all right, I'm gonna be
1: sober now? Oh. I mean, it's always several dominoes that have to fall, right? Mm-hmm. And mine was like the last straw was, um, it was right before Christmas 2020, I believe. And
0: oh my God.
1: I was going out so hard because New Orleans was like, whatever, COVID who? You know, like, <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: so I was going out a lot and I'd just gotten back home because I'd just gotten back from living in the Bay and I was like, it's fucking party time. So I was going out, like, literally coming home at 7 a.m., going out all the time. Oh, wow. My like turning my phone on airplane mode <laughs> so that my husband couldn't find me and like I was I, I was That's a, like ter- Kesha. a terror, <laughs> a terror. <laughs> and I came home one night and my husband found I came, one morning and I, I crashed and my husband woke me up like 20 minutes later and he's like what's this yeah. and it was a coke bag in the lint trap and I was like I'll never knock down drag out a whole thing and then I was like I'll never do it again I'm done And I went out again that night Mm -hmm. and I came home again at 7 a.m. And I crashed again and he woke me up and he goes, you're not even hiding it. This was sticking out of your wallet on the counter. Like you let, I didn't even go through your shit. It's sitting and it was. And that's when I was like, put on your shoes. Come on. I'm getting, now I have to prove it because I said Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. and I lied Mm -hmm. and now we have to do something. So I I took him to an NA meeting that day and it never, that was it. That was the last straw. It took me a lag of six months to quit drinking though. I gave up coke, needed six more months to be like, oh no, I'm in recovery. I gave up drugs. (laughs) But I was still (laughs) smoking weed and drinking. And I was like, oh no, all the problems are here and worse. (laughs) Like now I'm just drinking more to supplement the fact that I can't have uppers anymore.
0: Mm. Yeah. How long had you been married when
1: I had just gotten married. Oh. In like November. Oh. Yeah. And a month later I was like gotta get sober now wow i was on coke uh, at my wedding i was on coke i brought i flew with cocaine to puerto rico oh i used to fly with coke everywhere i went nate na- like it was pretty bad
0: how is that legal no, what?
3: <laughs> what
1: but but my coke brain what? my coke brain was like i'm gonna go through tsa cause, cause, and i had pre-check look at me i'm gonna go through pre-check <laughs> But I'm not going to put the Coke in my bags. I'm going to put it in my pockets because if they find it, I'd rather it be on my person than in my bag. So I don't have to wait for to get to my destination to learn that they found it. How fucked up is that? But in a Coke braid, a Coke addict way, you're like, that kind of makes sense. You know what I mean?
0: (laughs) I (laughs) mean, obviously it did make sense. You got through. Yeah,
1: I know. I look back on it and I'm just like, I should be in prison. I should be dead. Like I, Mm. I was so reckless with my life that I was just like, who cares?
0: And when you were dating, was it not like, what? what's your husband's name again? His name's Drew. Drew. Like when you were dating, did it not really come up? Was it more just like a...
1: He did not know how bad it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas they, most of them don't. And like it was, I lived in a culture in San Francisco, in the Castro uh, of all of us making six figures in tech and having unlimited free time and working <laughs> remotely is something that we did before covid we were just wow. like we have a, all these jobs we can bring our computers to the bar so it did not matter wow yeah so it was really <laughs> sneaky and really terrible so he did, he knew something was wrong
3: mm-hmm.
1: he just didn't know what Wow. Well. for years and we've been together for six years and for those first four it was a lot And so him sticking with me and us working through recovery and now him working with me through comedy, like we have had a lot. We are relearning. We are re-getting to know each other for the first time. Yeah. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah.
1: Like we're, we're, I'm learning who I am and he's learning who he hitched his wagon to. And it's, I mean, it's, it's great, but there's a lot of trauma. There's a lot of damage that is like, we have to work very mindfully about in conflict to like keep the conflict here. We're talking about this. Yeah. Let's work through this. Let's not, because it's quick. It's easy for me to be like, you're like this because you're fucking dad, mm-hmm. and him yeah. to be like, you're like this because you're a fucking addict. What, you know what I mean? Yeah. And we got to keep that very, wow. keep those keep that shit far away from us having a knockdown drag out like we had this week about a shrimp po-boy order. It was terrible. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, did- a, it's a lot of deliberate shit.
0: How did you, that's amazing communication.
1: Long fucking time. Well, it has to be now. I don't have a fucking choice. You know what I mean? I mean, I do, but like it's (laughs) choice. Um, (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it's it's a lot of communication because I have to be accountable and it's only been better. Mm -hmm. My life has only gotten exponentially better. Yeah, And it's, it's something that I don't believe I'll ever have a drink again. And a lot of addicts talk about like they're, relapse contingency plan and shit I'm like I I only got better I only have my life has opened up and blossomed and I have a relationship with my family and shit now there's no there's no shot in the world that will make me want to give that up at this point mm-hmm. yeah. it's not worth it
2: that's a gift to, to have that out you know I, I, I just hear so many they daydream about <laughs> the you know the drink you know and it is a constant not being able, like having to say no all the time and to know that that for you, like, I love that you have that perspective of because nothing it, is worth that. It,
1: nothing is worth it because yeah. I was, I was the guy I would get home, lay down next to Drew after like downing an eight ball on a Tuesday. And I would lay in bed and hear my heartbeat in my ears and mm-hmm. think my last thought would be like, I'm probably not going to wake up, mm-hmm. then go to bed. You know what I mean? That was my life for a while. And so now it's like I work in bars. It wouldn't cross my mind to have a sip of a beer once. It's not even part of the thing. I'm too anxious about my set. I have shit to work on because I have a fucking paid gig tomorrow. I can fuck around. I don't, want to, I don't even want to be here. But I'm yeah. here because I, I have to work. I'm working. That's amazing.
0: You said you mentioned that you have a relationship with your family now. Mm-hmm. Um like, growing up, were you guys close, or did it kind of...
1: Yeah, really close. I have wonderful parents um, and great siblings. I'm the oldest of three. Like, my siblings and I even have, like, triangle, t- triangle tattoos and stuff. Like, we're that close. Um, and I love them, and we all get along, like... Um, but it got really strained during, like, the tail end of the addiction stuff. Like, I didn't know this, but they were going on family vacations without me. And I lived in California, so I didn't fucking know. And they were like, well, we, you're kind of unbearable. You're drunk. Damn. Yeah, that that was tough. That was like a catalyst where I was like, Oh. How did you find I, out? They told me <laughs> after they'd gone to like Destin or something. And like, I was like, I would have flown in. I had money at the time. I was flying in every fucking other week for something. And they were like, Well last time you were kind of a liability and like we just wanted to relax type of thing and I was like that fucking hurts mm. and I like my parents a lot and yeah. I like my so it's just like getting all that back and regaining everyone's trust about like I am so vocally sober it's it's half of my act is talking about it
3: mm-hmm.
1: so it's kind of like I kind of had to prove it for a little while. Like I had to go on vacations with them and be like, I told you I'm not drinking. No. I've been not drinking. Like, but now it's a thing where like they come over and they bring non-alcoholic beers and they bring their alcoholic beers and it's not a fucking problem. And like, yeah. it's just part of the fabric now.
0: Talking about sobriety in your sets. Like, how is that? Do you have people come up and come up to you and
1: every time? Wow. Well. Yeah. Yeah. The sobriety thing does it, but you know what does it more? I went on a tour of sororities last year.
3: What? This time.
1: Yeah, I, it was a mental health comedy tour. It was a, it was suicide <laughs> prevention comedy tour. At Where? sororities? Yeah, we did 18 sororities in March. In, we started in Gainesville and worked our way to Lubbock. <laughs> so it was just across. Wait, there. how
2: did you But connect- we came here.
1: We were in Tennessee and we did Georgia and stuff.
2: Did you go to Alabama?
1: We did. We went to Jacksonville University okay. and we went to like a couple other ones.
0: She's from Alabama.
1: Where'd you go? Auburn we went to auburn really i believe so yeah i'll have to check the, the instagram yeah. account but <laughs> it was it was six weeks six week tour where i did not go home for six weeks and it was great yeah. that's but a fast tour we, to we were non-stop and it was me and stephanie foster who runs the tour now and i hosted the whole thing wow and then we'd fly in a comic always a female of color from la or new york Wonderful. it was great it was really good but we were we set up in chapter rooms and it was like part of mm-hmm. chapter, so it was a forced comedy show in a sorority house that happened on like a Sunday. It was lit.
0: Stop. Okay, was wait, amazing. I want to know more. This is amazing. It's great. You should How look did it up. You I'm, not
1: a, I'm not affiliated with the tour anymore, but oh, you should okay. look them up. Okay, without rhyme nor reason, comedy tour, and they're very. They just got sponsored by Maybelline and, and did like. What? An, yeah, it's a big deal. Ours was like the first That's one, awesome. and it was very grassroots, and we had to do it together and build it together. Mm-hmm. And Stephanie and I had creative differences, and it was for the right reasons, and we still cheer each other on, mm-hmm. and it was totally fine. But now, like they they just did um the east coast for this wow. tour in the spring yeah they're great they that's really amazing. are amazing mm-hmm. but the reason i bring it up is because the thing that that got people that i've reached people with in a way that it was very surprising was i used to have a bit where i just make fun of straight women and it's basically <laughs> like the the bit is you rely on us for a lot and we rely on you for nothing like that's it was stupid but i started adding in a thing about i'd I'd go straight women where you at Woo! and then i started adding in any queer girls and every time one or two girls in these sorority and try delts and shit raising hands and stuff and then afterwards they would always come up and be like that's the first time i've ever admitted that out loud Mm
3: -hmm.
1: yeah that's the shit i'm gonna remember like on my deathbed and stuff like that that the sobriety stuff hits people a lot but now it's like sobriety especially with gen z and stuff they're all like yeah none of us drink we just do psychedelics like yeah. what are you talking about <laughs> cool you're cool like great <laughs> sobriety i mean that's that's usually a more unifying quiet like yeah i'm sober too type mm-hmm. of thing but mm-hmm. like when i can <laughs> when i can get girls to out themselves like, oh, that's a real yeah. like magic where i'm like safe space
0: wow yeah. i wonder i'm interested to know like what made them in that moment be like
1: Yes. I don't think anyone had asked them. It was like one of uh, mm-hmm. like they these were a lot of the towns we did were in very conservative places. And, and I think they kids. just felt safe yeah. in that moment mm-hmm. to be like, yeah, I am.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I, I mean, it was a comedy show. So everyone's walls were down and they were all just Aww. laughing and we were talking about pussy. Come. Da, 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 yeah. So they were like, yeah, fuck it. Like, whatever,
3: yeah, oh,
0: that it fuck yeah, I know that's hero really like, yeah. that was that <laughs> tour
1: was a lot, and it i I can recount hundreds of stories, but that's the one thing where I'm like, the first time it happened, I was like, this is my takeaway, mm, like this yeah. that moment
0: why why?
1: You give someone the fucking space to come out for the first time in their up to their sisters, like, what the fuck? like I and I kept being like, I'm not a hero. I'm not like that's one of the things that like I never thought I'd get out of comedy that I was like oh like this can help people this mm-hmm. can reach people which was like my whole the whole point of my blog like the whole point that I make art and shit is just like I can't be alone in these feelings no, no. I can't write an essay I wrote an essay that got published and shit years ago called uh, small talk and it was about like going to meet a guy on grinder giving head and like, he doesn't want to talk and like, it's very anonymous. And then I leave the house and I call my mom to feel less like no one. And it's a really sad essay, but I put it out there and it was one of those things that just, we didn't have viral shit at the time, but right. if we did, this was vi- It was one of those things mm-hmm. where it's just like fan mail, fan mail, oh. me too, me too. Like, yeah. I know that feeling. And like, that's why I do this. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I can't be the only one who feels this way yeah. about gay shit and gender norms. and sh- I can't, th- that just can't be it, you know?
0: Yeah wow you're so fucking cool no yes (laughs) (laughs) do you have uh do you have like ideas or plans for something um specific like for
1: gay like i don't know well the comedy fest is Oh yeah that's right that's my baby right now that's the one that it's a it's called lgbt lol we did a soft one in june of last year this one's we opened it up nationally so we had 85 applicants from all over america only four were from new orleans so everyone else is from everywhere nice. um and that's going to be during first weekend of pride month and so like that's the one where i'm like like we we had the opportunity to get some very big names um like not gonna say it but, <laughs>
3: <You're> like, <laughs> but like
1: we we got lot we we're very fortunate enough to have a lot of Not a lot. A good amount of financial backing for this. We got Mm -hmm. good sponsors. We can put Mm -hmm. on a real festival now. But when it came down to the, like, crunching numbers, we could afford those SNL cast members or, like, actual movie stars and gay icons and shit. But I was like, I'd rather this first festival we take that money and reinvest it in all these performers who are coming to yeah. New Orleans for the first time, or our gay people that are c- queer folks who have yeah. never been on a festival. Let's just reinvest that. Mm-hmm. That's stupid. Like we're not gonna get blank. Like, why? No. Yeah. To to what end? I'd rather them yeah. come and have fun. Like yeah. maybe next year. But that's me trying to be altruistic. Like I'm trying to do the right thing and be like, <laughs> just just uh, like raise up other gay people. I know, I know. Like
3: <laughs> I, know, I don't want to do it either. Like <laughs> <I know.
1: but laughs> So that, and then ex-boyfriend material, like the game show that I'm doing, like that has been, it was so weird how it it's just been my blog and like my, it was like a decade's worth of work that I ended up trademarking and stuff. And now it's like being something. And now at my place in comedy, it's just all happening at the right time where it's mm-hmm. like, this is going to be big type of thing. Okay. So Can those you- are the two things that I'm like trying to champion right now on top of the tour that I have on top of the monthly shows that we do and like whatever, but those are the two that I'm focusing on.
0: Nice. That's great. Mm. Can you talk about um, like, when did you know that you were gay?
1: I always, I've always known okay. and so did everyone else. Like <laughs> very, very effeminate, okay. very like, I like girl things. I want a my size Barbie. I die hard Spice Girls fan. Die, <laughs> you can't, You can't tell me you know a bigger Spice Girls fan. You can't. <laughs> I had my dad check me out of school in fourth grade, so I'd be the first one to see Spice World, and he did. Like, uh-huh. die hard. Ch- doing the Spice World, Spice Up Your Life dance for show and tell. Cringe. Like, all of it.
3: <laughs>
0: no, amazing. I know.
1: In my Catholic school boy uniform. Like, just picture Stop. it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the, my earliest memories of that. I, I mean, and, like, coming out wasn't that hard. Like, and I had a really <laughs> supportive family, and- I'm just, I, I shouldn't say this. Yeah,
0: say it, what? <laughs> <laughs> what?
1: There's this bit that I'm no, I haven't said yet. I don't think I've said this to anyone and watched me say it into a microphone where I'm like, <laughs> I hate Pride Month because if I have to hear one more CVS cashier's coming out story, I'm
3: done. Wow,
0: just, so many people are coming out to I you. I
1: don't know, no, but the, <laughs> I don't know. My parents, the the, the tipping point was, like, I was clearly a gay person from a very, very early age. <laughs> but then one day my mom came home. Do you remember the family? Did you guys have the, the computer? Like yeah. the family computer? Okay, cool. Remember the, the com- computer? Remember the computer? Like in no, the man, armoire? The
2: kitchen counter? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Our, we had it, the, the computer had its own room. Remember? Yes. John Mulaney has a bit about that. Like, yes. the computer's in that room. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But clearly watching gay porn on the fucking family computer. And my mom came home one day and was just like, I had the armoire doors like that. (laughs) You know, like, don't watch me jack off in the computer room adjacent (laughs) to the dining room. Like, whatever. And my mom was like, give me the password. And we had a knockdown drag out. And my dad came home and we had a knockdown drag out. Wait, why'd she want the password? She She knew it was fucking gay porn. And their point was, I mean, there's a punchline. Wait. So... uh, (laughs) So my dad's finally, this goes on for about eight hours. I lock myself in my room, screaming match. Like, no, you're going to have to kill me. Shut up. You're not going to see what I was looking at. Like, it was definitely buttholes. Like, I don't know what else to say. (laughs) (laughs) So my dad finally, like, I I let my dad in and he goes, if I guess what it is, will you tell me? Stop. Yeah. And I was like. That sounds like a terrible game. (laughs) Yeah. I was at that point I was broken and I was like, fine. And he was like, is it gay? And I was like, yes. And he goes. Oh, thank God. Like, by the way you were reacting, we thought it was animal Get shit. Get the fuck. Oh. <laughs> I swear to God. I swear to God. I tell that joke now because it's true. Every word of that is true. My dad can vouch.
2: Stop. He, if, he's,
1: if, if he listens to this, Your I'll say it to him. dad sounds cool. He's my hero. I love yeah. him. I've inherited mm. some, like, unhealthy things, like <laughs> anger things and yelling and being a... F- fucking asshole from him but he is (laughs) wonderful very supportive goes to my shows him and my mom they're both wonderful i love my dad so much yeah Mm -hmm. it
3: sounds like
1: it yeah and then right after that happened i dated a girl i met a girl i was in high school and i dated her into college what yeah i had a high school sweetheart i dated into college like like we went to prom together senior year like that was i lost my virginity to her
0: wow Mm -hmm. you know i i am like what you were gay but also i've been learning nothing looks like you think it does Mm -mm. you know what i'm saying you just like like a human or you don't and then you move forward yeah
1: and that's what i tell people they're like did you think you were bi and i was like no i just liked court her i'm gonna set her name (laughs) i liked her um but yeah like we broke up and I immediately started dating men fast.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: You're like, it's time. It's, 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 look, it's past time. <laughs> <laughs> it's past time. Yeah.
0: Did she know that you were gay?
1: No, but she played softball. So I, I think we're both onto <laughs> each other. <laughs> <laughs> she's married with kids now and she's super religious. I can't imagine why, you know, oh, God. every post is married to a man. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. I don't buy it. <laughs> I don't buy it.
0: <laughs> you're like give me the password to your computer
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: give it to me let me guess
3: <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> what was it um what was your experience like talking about traumatic things in comedy do you feel like people were pretty receptive to it or did you have to be like guys come on it's fine i'm healed from it like me you can talking lie. about my trauma yeah
1: Oh, I kind of don't care what the audience <laughs> thinks. Like, I, I know. You guys can stay or go, honestly. I mean, you've seen some of my shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I I feel, this is going to sound so fucked up, I feel like my energy and the way I'm dressing it up will carry me through it. And I know the writing's good. So I, I know it. So I'm just like, we're going to talk about addiction shit. I have a suicide bit that is... I think my favorite jokes um it's my favorite but if I don't have an audience it's so weird how this happens like watch it next time like next time in town if you come to a show just watch it if it, if a straight guy is not with me for the first 10 minutes by the time I get to anxiety depression and suicide when I hit those suicide punchlines, they stand up and clap
0: oh my god
1: it happened two nights ago and I turned to JQ and Matt, my tour mates, and I was like, "I fucking told you." Because if they're not on board for like the gay shit, like, oh, I'm gonna, uh, uh, I'm gonna make, I make fun of straight guys a lot. I, 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 I do a bit where I like tell straight guys that they've done gay things, and then I say what they are. I'm like, have you ever said good morning before? That's gay. Have you ever had vodka before? Gay. Have you ever sneezed before? That's gay. Sneezing's gay. Coughing is straight. I can't explain it. Those are the rules. And so like people are on board. For- Most people are on board for this dumb shit. I know. It's stupid. But then, like... But so true. But the dark shit is the one where they're like, yes. Like, if they're not with me for the gay shit, they want the dark shit. And I'm like, I got to give them all of it. But then I end with, like... I give them all of it. (laughs) I end with, like, religious stuff, which, like... You're hitting all that. Right? You don't even know. Well, I've started... This is new. I've started to tell the audience, like... If, it's, if I'm doing an hour, or if I'm doing 45, I tell them up top where I'm like, we're going to go places. I trust you. Can we do it? Because I'm going to talk about abortion, and I'm going to talk about gay shit, and I'm going to talk about a lot of suicide stuff, and then we're going to talk about religion. Can we do it? Mm. I believe in you. Like, I give them – I kind of prep it. I give yeah. them, like, a table of contents. Kind of <laughs> It mm-hmm. is smart. smart. <laughs> yeah. But religious shit, the reason I keep doing it is because the more I travel for comedy, the more I see, that shit hits. It does. You ask a room who was raised in the church. They're on – they they want to hear what you have to say. Mm-hmm. No one's leaving yeah. the room for the next five minutes. So you that, know what I mean?
0: Yeah. It's so impressive to me that Christians were able to do that,
1: right? They do have wait, do what?
0: such a reach. Yeah, with comedy, they've just affected everyone. Yeah, well,
1: <laughs> yes. It's just so impressive. I mean, it, a, is like, it impressive <laughs> or mortifying? <laughs> and the problem is it the problem? <laughs> it's the problem. Is me.
0: <laughs> it oh, it's not a good thing, but it is like it's kind of like looking behind like how'd y'all how'd y'all do that how'd y'all get so many followers
1: you ever heard of fear (laughs) you you ever heard of Germany like it works (laughs) like fear works oh don't get me started oh god (laughs) don't get me started no Are you raised religious yeah I had a crucifix tattoo on my back that I had covered Mm up it's right it's a little heart now that says me but it was a crucifix that's oh super religious. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have
2: about four religious tattoos I've covered.
1: Really? Really? Mm-hmm. I've started asking people that. I haven't worked out the language, but I want to start saying, I have a crucifix tattoo on my back, so, like, <laughs> <laughs> the boy's knew blank. Like, I don't know what it is yet. I don't know.
0: How, how was that? I mean, knowing that you were gay and being, like, a Christian, how did you...
1: Now, now I'm stuck on the joke. Maybe it's like they see me from the front and see that I'm circumcised, and they're like Christian. And they see me from the back, and they're I don't know. There's something there. That's hilarious. Go ahead. What's your question? I'm gonna be fixing. I mean, on this
0: night. I know I'm stuck on the. Yeah, this we're
1: gonna end up like writing this via text <laughs> overnight.
0: I mean, just being Christian, but knowing you're gay. Were you just like, yeah, I'm gay, and
1: I don't know if that ever mattered to me because okay. in my experience, youth group. Is fucking gay. It's so Players, gay. gay. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, well, this is all, even if you're not all gay, this is gay. Yeah. <laughs>
3: you
1: know what I'm saying? Like, we're doing overnight trips and we're like singing yeah. a lot. Bedazzled jeans. Bedazzled jeans Chill. and like the guy with the acoustic guitar. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, this gay shit. Yeah.
2: Like, <laughs>
1: this gay is, shit. Anyway, here's Wonderwall. Like that. Like,
2: <laughs> I was married to the guy with the guitar. Hell
1: yeah, you were. Are You, you were still?
2: married to the.
0: Like the choir leader,
2: no, but there's always in a church youth group the guy that plays the guitar, right? Damn. The acoustic guitar. That's who I ended up marrying, which we're not together okay. now, but yes, that's, but my husband yeah. was too.
1: My husband yeah. was like very same story, to like president of our youth groups at our respective schools, mm-hmm. like. He always talks about. It. They did a mime version, like a silent mindy version of the Stations of the Cross, and he was Jesus. And he always <laughs> has to pull that out, and I'm like, very impressive. Okay, okay <laughs> we get it.
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> can you tell me what your suicide uh, stuff is like? Why you have so much suicide stuff?
1: I don't know. I've never had. I've never. I I have never struggled with suicidal ideation myself, nor have I attempted suicide. Okay. I. I think it was like a first draft of me like trying comedy and being like, I right, think this, this is, this is funny. funny. They're just puns. They're not real. Oh, okay. It's like I'm okay, fine. You forced me. <laughs> like basically, it's just beats in a made up story about how my friend grew into suicide, she had body dysmorphia. And I had to go to the funeral. I'm happy to report that she's almost finally near her goal weight.
0: No. I know. And then I'm like,
1: yeah, I I know. <laughs> but then at the end, I, d- I do four more of those. Oh, God. Where I'm like, she got frustrated oh. when she hung herself because even the noose fit too tight. No. Oh, I know. I, I'm aware. But I tell, I do so- that, and that's when people clap, and then I stop, and I go, guess what? That bitch isn't real, and none of that happened, and this is a comedy show, and I knew the whole time, and you didn't, and it was really funny to me.
3: Oh, my God
1: i know i feel bad doing it here because this was such a safe like clinical space for a minute and i'm like (laughs) i ruined it (laughs) i i started it i asked the question i just feel (laughs) i just feel if you're gonna build i don't do this all the time i don't do this joke slot but i feel like if you're gonna build an hour or you're gonna build 45 minutes take them on a journey like let's go places you know what i'm saying like i try to do a little something for everyone like there's gay screaming there's that there's religious shit We talk, I talk about parents. Like I try to, I try to always address single people in dating apps and like couples, you guys get along. Me and my husband don't, we fight, we (laughs) do that. And then I have jokes for all of it. So I try to like, well, let's build an experience. So the suicide stuff is like reserved in my back pocket for like, I'm going to fill time and I'm going to do this. If there's a, if, if I don't have, if this is a really conservative room, I know that they're going to like this because it's shocking.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. So I want to offer something.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. I knew I I dug myself a hole.
2: (laughs) Well, the taking them for a ride and the the shock value of talking about these hard things, a couple of things. How much of that is, like, you kind of playing out what's in here? Like, the things you say? Because we we all project in some way. Sure. You know? Um, But then I'm also, I'm sitting you've dealt with some hard things mm. um we all ha- that's why I think you resonate with a lot of people because you're talking about real things um and i'm curious how all this you we're in conversations a lot hearing how like it's part of like your craft is learning how to use your story in the comedy that you do um and it from my perspective it's got to be a level of you have gotten ahead of it a little bit so that you can yeah. joke about it in a fun way. Yeah. Um. I know I'm not really asking questions. I'm making comments.
1: <laughs> no, I hear what you're saying, though. And like, yeah, I, w- I will be fair. And I will say this in safe space. Uh, I have struggled with eating disorders my whole life. Yeah. I have body dysmorphia. Yeah. That joke is about me. Mm-hmm. I can't say that. I'm not in a place yet. So new and mm-hmm. like working out what I want to work out through comedy. Mm-hmm. I'm not there Yet to be a spokesperson yes. for disordered eating and, and and body dysmorphia, which I want to be. I mm. will get there. This is my way of very testing the waters. And mm-hmm. I think that's what I'm doing subconsciously with those jokes, mm. yes. especially and, that joke.
2: And then I, speaking from a trauma-informed kind of mindset, the people in your audience that haven't gotten there yet, and that feels very, like when we joke about something, they're probably thinking that about themselves and to hear a whole room full of people laughing at it is like agreeing with that voice they're trying to get rid of
1: yeah you're right and that's why
2: and that's part of the conversations while we're having these types of conversations of how humor can be so helpful in healing and a tool to heal but it also can be very deserving to the pain that you feel because you're Mm -hmm. making
1: completely fair pain that's why my tour director for the la- for the mental health anti like suicide prevention tour was like, can't do those. And I'm like, no shit. Like, <laughs> I agree. I would never want to echo that to, to young women in a space in a space where it's like, I believe this could be triggering. I believe so that
2: space is everywhere you go. You think everywhere? OK, It's in the grocery store line, it is in this room. It is everywhere you go. That's Cause, something cause i that human? I should really consider yeah we're we're human, and we've all had some sort of shit we've had to deal with, and so you never know where people are and that that's I think it's interesting to see the balance between being able to make humor out of hard things mm-hmm. and then also thinking about that that aspect of like what does this feel like to be on the receiving end?
1: I think that's really valuable, yeah. Thank you.
2: Thanks for... I've never thought about it like that. that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think that's great. Mm -hmm. I appreciate it.
2: Yeah. Thanks. Thank you for...
0: (laughs) Coming and being so vulnerable yeah. and amazing, I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for yeah. having me. I I wanted to be here, and it meant a lot just to see you and hang out for a little bit because yeah. I was very afraid I wouldn't be able to see you while I was in town. I'm so, glad we got to see. And thank other. you guys for setting this up. And you're wonderful. Thank <laughs> you. great.
0: Yes, yeah, and you're wonderful. Same to you. I want to um, ask two things before we end. One, um, what do you do for yourself that is just like for you that you just love to do? And two, where can everybody find you?
1: Both easy answers. I, um, <clears throat> I'm i fortunate enough uh, with the career I've built for myself in comedy right now that I do have a lot of um, alone time during the day. And that's very, I know this is such a cliche answer, but that's what I do for myself. Like I need alone time yeah. a lot. I take daily naps now Ooh. around like two. I'm going to say this because we're already like there around two 30 or three every day. Like I try to take a nap and my husband will like literally come in and like tuck me in and be like, <laughs> what time do you need me to wake you up oh type of God. situation? Yeah. It's very sweet. But like that's Marry is, him again. I know girl. I know. <laughs> but like alone time and like, I I need solitude. I've learned mm-hmm. post, like through my recovery that like, I I'm an ex- I mean it's so fucking boring. Like I'm an extrovert. Uh, you think that about yourself and then you saw it drinking you're like yeah. I'm not. <laughs>
2: <Right>. <laughs> that was that was No, like, I actually have social anxiety. I have full-blown anxiety. I can't
1: have small talk. But like but now it's like that that I do for myself daily and frequently and that was part of the tour. Like I'm going with two people and I learned from the last tour that like if we're going to do this we need to have separate hotel rooms because we're going to be alone. We're going to be together all the time. Yeah. And so, like, I, I need it. And trust me, you will too. You don't mm-hmm. know this shit. You want to be road comics and you want to stay in the comedy condo. and You, yeah. you don't fucking want that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you from experience. <laughs> we're, we'll spring, we'll take the sponsorship money, which that's what it's for, and get separate rooms. It's great. We had to yeah. check in this different rooms just now at the Virgin Hotel. And all three of us were like, oh my fucking God. Like, bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs> yeah. But so that's the that's answer. Great. And then where you can follow me is, um, Ryan a Rogers on Instagram. And then I had to get a TikTok. tock. Um, <laughs> I don't, don't, don't look at me, um, but it's the only, it's the one that's blowing up. I've only had oh, it since yeah. like late August and it's like, it's not blowing up, but it's like got over 13 and a half thousand followers. And it's just at Ryan Rogers comedy. And it's like, that's just where I practice bits. And it's like 15 seconds of like, is this funny? Like, I don't know. So either one of those, thank you. Awesome.
0: Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. thank you again for coming. You're amazing.
1: The pleasure was mine. Thanks for being here.
2: Thanks for listening to I'm Fine, It's Fine podcast. I am trauma therapist, Melanie Reese, and you can find me across all platforms at Trauma Therapy Nashville.
0: My name is Amber Autry. I am a comedian here in Nashville and internationally touring. You can find me on all platforms at Amber Autry Comedy. And while you're at it, make sure you're liking, subscribing, sharing, rating, reviewing this podcast. I know that sounds like a lot, but it helps so much. And we're, we're having a good time. Mm-hmm. We're healing. Mm-hmm. It feels good. Mm-hmm. So just like, just a little extra sauce, sharing it with a friend, rate and review it. It really helps, and we appreciate it.
2: Yeah, and if you have a topic or um, conversation that you want to hear us talk about or a story you'd like to share on your own, shoot us an email at imfinesometimes at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. Mm-hmm.